Well, yeah, I mean, it worked out too because uh, I it, today was just me. Like we've been putting Christmas stuff up the past few days, and right. I swear to God, I'm like clark griswold like <laughs> in putting this stuff up so i mean the the shenanigans that we have to pull to be able to put christmas lights up around the house like in the front of the house to begin with because we have no outlets yeah. so we have to use one of those plug adapter things right um so i mean i ran that all and everything and i'm using the staple gun to put the christmas lights up around the house <laughs> And I run out of staples in the gun in the middle of it. Now I have to be at work at like it, within the next hour at this point. No. But there's a pile of lights on the ground and I can't find my staples. <laughs> so I have to fly to Walmart, get them, fly back, hurry up, finish putting them up. And I didn't have enough of lights to go all the way around because we got new ones this year. So I had the porch half done. It looked like crap. So after I got out of work, I stopped at Walmart and picked up another set of lights. And I was like, I'm just going to real quick go ahead and just put them up and it's going to be fine. It's going to be good. Everything's going to be great, great and fine. I'm putting them up, finishing the rest of the way. I somehow drop the staple gun and it literally explodes into like five pieces. And I have to wander around in the, in the middle of the night with my flashlight on my phone trying to find the pieces of the staple gun to just finish this. Because it's supposed to be crappy tomorrow, and it's like, oh my god, come on. Uh, time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good, it's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. You guys, for whatever reason, you've decided to come back and tune in yet again to a horrible gaming podcast. It's a big one. Episode 70. 70 of these things are out there in the wild. Uh, but I don't do it alone. With me, as always, is... Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. And uh, so, yeah... So we're going to talk about gaming today, uh, but before we do that, we're going to get into just a couple of credits. Quick disclaimer, as usual, we uh, do the best we can with this. We're still not receiving any money as of right now, so we we attack it like our jobs, but we attack it like our jobs as people who also have full-time jobs and not a lot of money. <laughs> uh, credit number one goes to Mark Bell. If you are watching this on YouTube and you're noticing the fancy graphics, uh, there's some stock photos in there too, but if you're noticing any of those fancy original graphics, uh, those are all done by Mark Bell, and we thank him for that. Uh, then, of course, the theme song that you heard at the top of the show, uh, that is done by the man who makes the music, my brother Nick Van Sliders. Uh, he does that and all the theme songs here on OMG, so we also thank him for that. <laughs> Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to the top of the show, our favorite segment. This is the segment where we talk to you guys, the fans. It's called Fans Reaction. We read out your comments uh, in all the places that you can reach us. We use your comments to decide the Horrible Arena winner. Uh, we sometimes ask you guys questions, all sorts of things. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it, Neil. All righty. Kev Too Tall starts it off. 
Neil, GTA 6 is not valid for the next arena. <laughs> Making a joke on the fact that <laughs> with dead franchises. Uh, which is sad. It would actually – I thought about it after he said that. It, it would actually be valid. Technically. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's over five yeah. years, and there is no GTA 6 officially announced. So – yeah, I mean, they're still pumping out content for online, and of course, they're porting it over to yeah. PS5 and yeah. Series X. God help us all. Yeah, it's the new Skyrim. I I don't know. Do you want to see a new GTA? I almost feel like we could give that franchise a break and see what Rockstar could do I, in some other areas. You know. You know what? I I think we should get a Bully Two. Oh my God! Yes. We you know, Neil. There's two. not there. We do not always agree on things, but that is one thing. Seriously, I want to hug you just for saying that. Yeah, do a bully too, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in their normal development cycle time, and then after that, because at that point, I think there'll be enough hype built up to be able to go back to Grand Theft Auto and be like, "Hey, Grand Theft Auto, holy shit!" You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think they've kind of painted themselves in a corner just because it takes them so long to make a video game that if they're not working on either Red Dead or GTA, it's like, well, we're not going to see that. Like, I'll be dead before I see a GTA 6, you know? Yeah. So uh, then uh, Kev Tutal said, <laughs> I will turn my nominations in December 2nd. Look, if you're listening to this or hearing this, the date has passed for nominations. Um, but just, just if you guys out there... Uh, if you're not in the, the committee for uh, our horrible gaming awards, which is coming up here pretty soon, um, you know, toss something in the Discord or toss a comment in. It will be counted, your votes, whatever they are, I promise. Um, but he's making a joke because the cutoff is November 30th, which is the day we're recording this. Um, and I no, said they. Today's the 29th. Hmm? You said the cutoff's the 30th. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, we're not recording this. It's going up? No, it's not even going up. It'll be going up on the 1st. Today's the 29th. Uh, that's not good. That's not good at all. Because uh, I've actually been posting in uh, the chat group uh, that this is the last day to be able to do it. Well, I mean, you did say the 30th by 8 a.m., so, I mean, you're, you are correct. Oh, okay. Correct. All right. I am correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 8 a.m. tomorrow. Sorry. Woo! Oof, okay, I th I thought maybe I I had missed my dates up, but he said his nominations by December second, which was funny because that would be well after the amount of time for nominations. Uh <laughs> so uh, so I said they will not be counted. Laugh out loud. Uh, then he said Zach gets my vote this week. I like the package as a whole better, though Neil was really close with the city building and StarCraft combat. So. I guess we should talk about the horrible arena now, sir. Yes. Uh, because that's one vote from Kevin. Then we got to switch over to Discord here. Uh, and we got uh, Greenscar83 uh, chimed in. Excelsior gets my vote. I would love to see the Nemesis system and some actual villains in a superhero game. Uh, then Philbilly330 also chimed in and said, My vote this week goes to Excelsior. Uh, because uh, custom-created anti-hero, exclamation point. So, uh, guess what, man? I got that win. Yeah, yeah, you did. And honestly, uh, 
you might get this next one. It just depends on if people even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just happy that I actually made up a point on you on that one. Because it's been like every – it's like you got those first like five, and then every point since then we've just been alternating. So it's like I'm getting yeah. the wins, but I'm not getting any closer to you. Uh, so that, that was nice to try and make it a little bit more of a competition. Um, okay. So that out of the way, we continue. Kev Tutal says, game award shows are overall, uh, or are overrated overall. They are all about the media and the devs blowing each other's horns, uh, to which I responded, they should be about more. And I just want to say this again, Kev, I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, I actually talked to Phil Billy about it. He is 100% in agreement with you. It's, it's overrated. It's all about money. Uh, I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but we're in an interesting time in the industry's uh, history. Uh, one of the big things that gaming is really trying to do right now is be considered as an art form, as in, in addition to just you know a money-making industry. Um, if it's going to do that, it needs credible things, like a checklist of credible things to make it look that way. And the Game Awards, the way they are presented right now, is not what it needs to be. It needs to be about the awards. It needs to make this look like an art form and instead of just another E3 for trailers. So just want to say right now, you're right. It isn't about that, but it needs to be about more. So Jeff Keeley, if you have decided to listen to us because everybody's – even though we only have 236 uh, followers, for some reason, everything we say on here seems to keep showing up in the in the main media source. If you are, for some reason, listening, you got to be better about stuff. you got to be more about the art form. you got to be more about the actual awards being presented and less about just a way to get trailers out there. I mean, yeah, I really hope he doesn't listen because uh, this is it's Keeley's stroke session is what it is. Everybody <laughs> just kind of gets in a room and just starts rubbing all up and down on each other about, <laughs> oh, this, oh, that. Like you get you get your handful of we, we talked about it last week. You get the handful of five, six games that everybody knows is going to be in every single category. And they make categories just so they can put right. other things up other than the ones that everyone's going to be talking about anyways. Right. We've talked so, about that. Like there needs yeah. to be a regulated categories. There needs to be regulated categories. Like these are the categories every year. We might add them, but these are the categories every year until they become obsolete. There needs to be those. There needs to be rules for that. And, and the award show itself should focus on the awards. I'm not against seeing some cool trailers in there. Don't get me wrong, but the award show itself should be about the awards. It should be about the presentation and the reception of awards for the industry. It should be like the Oscars for video gaming. And some years it has been. Last year it wasn't, and that bothered me about it. And I'll give Keeley his due. He is keeping something alive and in the media's eye that probably would have died out without him. Every time a major media outlet has tried this before, you know, G4 – and Tech TV and Spike TV, it never really worked out or stuck around for very long. His has actually stuck around for a period of time. He's actually kept it going. I appreciate that, but it's got to be more than just a Keeley stroke session. You know I what mean, I mean? Remember, they had Green Day perform yes. last year. Yes. And I remember sitting on your couch just yes. like yes. slow turning, <laughs> just being like, what is this? Why yeah. is this? 
Right. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Game Awards are coming out on the same day as Cyberpunk, and I'm seriously considering, like, maybe I'll catch the cliff notes on the Game Awards tomorrow, just play Cyberpunk today, you know? And that's not good. Like, you don't want that, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, Kev Tutal, keeping it going. Uh, EGM also had the good, the bad, the ugly on each review. These snips came from other editors, writers, reviewers. I, I can't agree with this more. Uh, there needs to be better uh, reviewing checks and balances. It needs to be more of a committee. There needs to be a group of people focused on uh, a reward system and balancing the rewards. Uh, the uh, Not the rewards, the reviews. Um, like. There needs to be a consensus. Like you need to have an actual industry standard for at least your reviewing outlet. If this is scoring this, uh, then this needs to score this lower because of this. You know, um, Kev Too Tall fan traction is awesome. Thank you, Kev. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you because many weeks, including this one, you make fan traction. Uh, he also then said Zach has Rona confirmed. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have Rona. I just had a nasty cold. Uh, as you can hear, I am doing just fine, so no concerns are necessary. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I also asked the question uh, nobody answered, which is fine, um, about any little features you'd like to see come back. Uh, I, you got any there, Neil? Um, yeah, I've got one. I mean, it's it's still out there. Uh, but just not as prevalent as it used to be. Save slots. I like save mm. slots. Mm. There's some games where I would like to... I, I used to do this a lot back in the day. If I particularly enjoyed, like, a boss fight or something, after I finished it during my progression, I would make a new save slot. Yeah. And just be like, that's the one where I get to do X when you don't, you know, necessarily get to go through and choose things. There's a lot of games out there that just you your run is your run and that's what you get. Right. Or you get like three games you can save at any one time and then that's Even it. Even that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that. that but I know what you mean. Good. Like you could actually set it up so that you could like scene select the video game if you wanted to. Yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah, I think that that'd be a really cool thing to come back. Bethesda usually still has stuff like that in the yeah. big ones, but um, all right, uh, that's it for fan interaction. Unless we want to add anything to it, I don't have anything specific to add this week. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, we didn't wish anybody a th happy Thanksgiving last week. That was a miss on our part, but we record on Thursday, so even though it no, came out, we what? record on Monday. Yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Sunday in this case. We recorded on Sunday. So even though it came out the day before Thanksgiving, we weren't necessarily thinking, oh, you know what I mean? Like, we need to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. That's my part. My fault. I should have stayed on top of it. Boy, you got your days all skewed. Dude. Dude. <laughs> Dude. It's the holiday season. It's, I ho guess. it's I mean, holiday it's season. Everybody's... Yeah, with family, it's uh, everything gets mushed together. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> All right, so yeah, we'll wrap fan traction. We'll move to the first talking point. Alrighty. Horrible gaming podcast. All right, so that brings us to our first talking point, um, and the talking point this week is an interesting one. And this was Neil's idea uh, to do this, and basically just how hard it is to become a gamer in 2020 right now and how hard 
console companies and even PC component companies in some ways have made it difficult. So Neil, I'm going to let you lead this one because this was your topic. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it, it really is. It's all over it, major news outlets even, honestly, at this point. I mean, the Xbox Series X and the PS5s are impossible to find. In fact, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. I think I shared it in the Discord that on eBay, PlayStation 5s are going for $2,550 and still getting bids on them. (laughs) Which is insane. It's obscene. Absolutely obscene. The Xbox Series X, um, I was actually trying to do some normal consumeristic shopping on Black Friday on Walmart's page. And when the orders went live on Walmart's page, it, it, it crashed the entire website when those orders went live just from the Series X uh, pre-orders on or not the pre-orders, the actual online orders for that. Um, I mean, I've alluded to the fact that I'm in the process of getting components together to build PCs uh, or a PC that is not multiple PCs. That would be ridiculous. Right. Um, but uh, video cards, NVIDIA's 30 series, impossible to get outside of scalpers. Right. Uh, AMD's 6000 series, impossible to get outside of scalpers. And right. even AMD's uh, 5000 series processors are all snapped up. Yeah. I mean, I, it, everything's gone. Everything's being scalped. I mean, I think part of it is, again, COVID has screwed with everyone's supply chains and in various regards, but like to take it back from not being able to get the stuff, I think people are being deprived of the experiences too at that point Mm -hmm. and people who want to jump in, in this console generation. And then of course, you know, this year has been fraught with delays. It's been a week a weak year pretty much overall in my opinion i think for gaming i mean it's just not great right now i mean it's okay but it's okay for us that are already established in gaming in that culture right now those on the outside wanting to make this year 2020 the entry point to either pc gaming to the next generation of consoles it sucks for them, and I, I right. kind of feel bad. I mean, what do you think? Well, uh, you know, I, you and I discussed this a little bit via text. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we kind of had a back and forth. So there's a couple of things I'd like to unpack here, and I don't even think you're covering in all the reasons why it's terrible to get into gaming oh, right now. So many, so um, many more. I just got done talking about how I thought <laughs> there was a chance that we could make an hour show, but right. it's not going to happen. I mean, this is a, this is a huge topic. Uh, so first of all, I do want to say, uh, not necessarily to counter your point, but right. um, if you are trying to get into gaming on the PC side, most people, like the the pro, the, the components that you're looking at, are the high-end components. They are the finest quality components. Those things are nearly impossible to get right now. Uh, Unless you're getting them from a scalper, they're not trustworthy and extremely overpriced. I do want to say, though, that most people who aren't already in the PC space who are looking to get into the 
PC space are probably going to do it a little bit more the way I'm, I did it, which is you get yourself a decent budget PC that the price tag doesn't make you shit yourself. And then, you know, that allows you to keep up. And then when you have to upgrade each part, then you buy that high end, super badass model, you know, in uh, three, four five years, whenever you need it. You know, right. And that's that is something because uh, uh, to jump back into it, because like sure. you said, you and I text a little bit about this. Yeah, uh, we did, we uh, did. Uh, last night. And it was it. Yeah, it, it didn't come through via text no, it didn't. well enough. No, it I was didn't. very confused uh, by the point like, that you were trying to make. But right. Like you, you yeah, are after... buying you are buying the finest pieces for the yeah. PC slowly. And that is because you already have good console gaming. So yes. and you want your PC to be good for plenty of years. So you're slowly buying the most high end pieces, which is right. totally fine as like a way to go about it but most people trying to get in the first time are going to want to just get in and anybody looking at the price tag like not even the fact that they can't find the components anybody looking at the price tag to build the pc that you're looking to build would be like no that's too much money yes you know yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna be the guys who are like i've never been in this before i want to try it but i don't want to mortgage my house so right. like they're gonna want to be like all right, we're going to build a good PC that keeps up with this generation, and that's what it's going to be. And then when we buy those next parts, that's when we're going to throw the big bucks down because you're not going to be buying the whole PC. Like when the graphics card right. becomes outdated, then it's like, I'm going to go for the big, big super series. And then you drop that $400, $500 on just that graphics card because you don't have to buy a whole PC, you know? Yeah. Um, so like that was what I was trying to say. We did have some miscommunications because I think yeah. you thought I was trying to pick apart your your strategy. I wasn't. I wasn't necessarily. I was saying that anybody getting into it for the first time is going to be looking to get more of a budget PC and yeah. then see where it goes. You know. And and to to segue off of that too, something that I didn't get into uh, whenever we were talking about it last night as well. It is worth noting that I do have an ROG Zephyrus laptop right now. Right. So it's got Ryzen 7 uh, GeForce uh, right. uh, 1680 Ti, I think it is. Right. Uh, it can so, keep I mean, up. Like, it can. It's it's good. So like what I'm what I personally am doing with mine is going to be more so something that can even supersede this an actual like, you know, like enthusiast level basically right. pc right. but again right. to to get back to the main point like you said there are a lot of people who are not going to jump right in and do that they're going to spend the like nine hundred dollars yeah. to a thousand dollars to build an okay entry-level pc i mean i see. built mine for about thirteen hundred and that's not bad i i think and mine will keep up with any of the next gen consoles for probably the next few years at least so yeah. I, I think, uh, 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 not to mention the fact, you know, we're getting into the weeds on the PC part. I do want to move on as this subject as a whole, but not to mention the fact you also have to remember how high-end stuff is already that I don't personally believe there's that many, like the leaps that they're going to make now are going to get smaller and smaller and more and more incremental. And the, the hardware that's coming out now is going – that means that the hardware coming out now is going to be able to have a longer staying power than it has in the past. 
Right. So and I, I yeah. think that like if if I was telling somebody, if somebody was like, hey, I've never played a video game in my life. I want to get into video gaming, but I, I want to do it the right way. What's the best way to do it? I would probably tell him to do what me or Philbilly did uh, just to, you know, because that's a good way to do it. And then at the very least, if they hate it, they have a good computer that's not going to let them down for many years to come, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, yeah, to bring it back. Uh, but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the current generation consoles as – or. Sorry, previous generation. It's weird right. making that swap. The PlayStation Four. Hold on, before you Xbox switch to consoles, one. which is the right way, you're doing the right thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. One more thing, I just wanted to add to the PC part of this. Okay. The people really getting screwed by the lack of cards and stuff are the people who bought the budget consoles and have to upgrade now. Yes. Those guys are, should be pissed. Like, because now they don't have a graphics card. They don't have a graphics card that can compete. But if they want to buy the high-end one so that they can future-proof themselves, they can't. So they literally have to take a kind of a lower-end step. And that those guys are kind of getting screwed over. I just wanted to add that to it. Sorry. I know oh, you no. were doing the right thing and no, moving on to the console part. I just wanted to get that hey. in there. Paper launches all around. That's all it's been. Paper yeah. launches all around. Um yeah. But yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, what I was gonna get, uh, what yeah. I was gonna get into. Sorry, I with, totally uh, derailed no, you. I you're, apologize. You're cool. The previous generation consoles, they're still good, but again, you look at even everything. Again, going back to the pandemic, I don't want to blame this entire situation on it. You look at places that people would go to get games, like GameStop. GameStop got ravaged for all of their stock at the peak slash mid middle of the pandemic. Right. And didn't just start taking trades back until like, I think it was like three months ago or so. Right. Um, so, I mean, even games that people are trying to find on the cheap, you know, people, everyone's looking to find a way to save money right now and they just can't do it except for, well, the exception of right now being now the holiday season, the shopping season, everything like that. Right. Uh, I mean, used games are hard to find. The new consoles are hard to find. Everything's hard to find. <laughs> the and, new consoles are impossible to find. They're, and, they're and impossible to find. This... I was. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> we both have so much to say you on this. It's, it's like you too much. Up. It's like we're both just uh, vomiting on each other. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what I was going to say uh, is. We, uh, we should have had Phil Billy on this show. It would just be like the three of us just vomit bitching <laughs> on each other the entire time. Oh, God. Um, this is why it's bad. No, this is why it's bad. <laughs> Everything sucks. Everything sucks. I, you know, I, I have to add, I think that, yes, there is obviously the problem of COVID on here, but I feel like it's also a level of human hubris to think that you could launch in the kind of situation, in the kind yes. of uh, economy that we have going right now and yes, be yes, successful. Yes. Like, it was just all the more reason that these consoles do did not need to come out this year. They just yeah. didn't. They they aren't needed. They aren't required. Like they just aren't. They could have waited another year. They could have made them 
they could have worked out the kinks. They could have gotten more. Uh, they could have made them a little bit cheaper. And they could have built up their stock. And if there was any excuse to be like, we're waiting till 2021, it was a global pandemic. You know? Yeah. Nobody and, could have said, oh, that's wrong. This was the one year when nobody could have said, could have gotten pissed, you know? Well, I mean, I will say pandemic or no, they still are flying through stock. And I'll bet you yeah. that even if even if they had waited that year, if we were where we are right now next year, you know, in a, a perfect world free of virus, I think that we still would have been having shortages. Not as bad as they are. Because right. uh, I forget who it was. Uh, it was either somebody at Sony or somebody at Microsoft. I can't remember. Said that they're like they their words were completely sold out. Right. What that means as a whole, I don't know if that means there's like an empty warehouse owned by them or something. <laughs> they literally have none manufactured. They're already spoken for. I don't know exactly what that necessarily means. But right. I mean, like, are you not making them anymore? Like, what is sold out? Like, uh, right. And. I mean, not to, to, to do a slight political tinge, I mean, we don't we don't have any sort of stimulus right now and right. the economy is in the toilet. Right. And these I mean, these consoles are still selling like freaking hotcakes. Well, so I mean and that's true. waiting a year or not, I, I think that we still would have been in the same position now. I don't think it would have been as bad. I don't think I don't it was think it would have been I mean, anywhere near as bad. If I think you it would bring have been like if you bring a dozen donuts to an office building of 50 people, you know, it, it, it'll be like, oh, my God, they sold so fast. If you bring two dozen donuts to an office building of 50 people, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, they sold out, but almost everybody got one, you know, like everybody who wanted one, you know, like I feel like you're right. There's always going to be a shortage when they launch a console, always, but definitely a year would have made a bigger difference and we probably wouldn't have scalpers making so much goddamn money on them stupid stupid amounts stupid of stupid money. money and i just want to say anybody out there bidding $2600 for a ps5 you can go buy a pc not even build one buy a pc that does more than that playstation 5 will and miles morales won't be a random patio light <laughs> every once in a while like <laughs> like you know what i mean like when i saw that yeah. i was like what are you are you fucking kidding me go buy an alienware for that much jesus and and the scalpers have absolutely no shame whatsoever yeah of course i uh, uh there was an article i don't know if you'd seen it about the scalping ring i don't i can't mm. remember where it was located well but we have an odds and ends we're going to talk well, about too there's well, there's that this. too yeah but uh they had used bots to buy up uh it was either a couple hundred or like a thousand or something like that playstation fives and then turned around and sold them at like a hundred hundred fifty dollar premium and they were confronted about this and, you know, they said something along the lines of, yeah, some kid might not get a PlayStation for Christmas, but at least my kid will, won't go without. So it's like no I, shame whatsoever. And I mean, I mean I, it's hard for me to be mad at the scalpers like, yeah, that's some shady shit they're doing. Um, because they're setting it up. But at the same time, like, I mean, 
the the system has been created to make this easy for them to do literally like they have they like not them but the video game companies the the you know microsoft and sony have literally built a foundation to allow them to do this i don't know that i would be upset with them like they're just making money they saw an opportunity they're making money i mean yeah, it's shitty for anybody who's not getting a PlayStation 5, but at the same time, they're, they're making money. I don't know if somebody didn't come to me with this idea that I would say no to this. Like, I mean, hell, like, everybody needs money. It's America. Like, I don't know. I have a hard time being mad at them when they're doing stuff that, like, like the companies made this easy for them. Made it easy for them by releasing such a limited stock, releasing it in the way they released it, by being so shitty about how you set up pre-orders. Like, they made it easy for them. They basically said, hey, scalpers, make a ton of money off this. Like, I don't know. It's like somebody, it's like somebody handing you the keys to the castle, you know? Yeah, I... And not even yeah. saying, like, they're saying, like, here's a castle, here's the keys, you can go in and take any of the money in there. It's not your money, but you can take it and nobody's going to get mad at you. Like, yeah. <coughs> the only people who are going to be mad at you are the people who didn't get the keys. That's true. I like, mean, you know what I, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm not saying they're innocent in this. I'm just saying, like, it's hard for me to be mad at them when the company's made it so easy for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I if I drove my car into inner city Cleveland and I left it unlocked with the keys in it and I went away for 40 minutes, I'm not going to expect to see that car. <laughs> I just have a mental image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What part of Cleveland? <laughs> oh, no. We're not getting into that. No, 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 no. I'm not getting my – you should be yelling saltines at that point. Uh <laughs> no, not like that, but I mean like if it's called car charity. I grew up in a city. That's called charity, man. Somebody <laughs> else wants that car more than you then. And yeah. I feel like in this situation it was the same thing. It was like they drove them into into a place and just gave them away basically to the wrong people. I mean, overall, I uh, I think I hope that come summertime people who want to get a hold of these things can but again like they've already said like sometime spring late spring is when they're gonna get their stock back to like a normal amount basically and yeah i like it just goes back to well why didn't we wait there why there didn't are we no wait? things right. no things coming out i think the only thing coming out is not even a a first party title. Right. It's Cyberpunk. Right. That would really have Which, benefited from this next generation hardware. That's going to be like my first I mean we got Spider-Man Miles Morales, but Well, those like, those games, the games that are upresed for those systems aren't even like the version of that isn't even coming out till next year. That I mean that's true. I mean like you could have gotten it have, on the old systems, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to run a little bit better. They've showed mm -hmm. gameplay now from both of them across the last oh, generation. Oh, I'm sure it will. Generation. And it's going to look a lot better, but right. then there's going to be like the actual next-gen version too, right. which is going to look good. But uh, again, a third-party title 
shouldn't be what it is that's going to drive your console to be the best console right because it's just going to drive the other console to be just as good right and then of course we go back to king pc sitting on top of the mountain looking down at, at the plebs like yeah you know <laughs> like i'm gonna tell you right now it has no never been a it's never been a better time to get into uh, PC gaming. Like it just, it just true, hasn't. Yeah. It is so streamlined wow. for PC gaming. The way they come out with the PCs are streamlined for ease of access, and that's only going to get easier as it goes on. The prices are good. Like it's, it's just, it's just such a good time for PC gaming. But aside from that, there's a whole another thing about the console thing that makes me irritating, and that's all the stipulations around everything. The like and it's almost like you're almost getting feature creep at this point like the smart access and the like what plays on where you know we were talking about I, it wasn't last week but one of the relatively recent podcasts uh, one of the odds and ends was the fact that the Xbox box for the new one looks exactly the same as the old one yeah I the, not the not the system uh, the, box the, the I game, mean the, game the games yeah, yeah the game box looks exactly the same as the old one like that kind of stuff, it's never been so hard to be able to, plus with all the different variations of it, uh, you know, they were talking about some stuff on the PlayStation side of things and the, uh, you know, the, the, the entitlements. Um, <clears throat> and like, like if you get a PlayStation 5 all digital and you have a, a physical copy of the game for PlayStation 4, you can't play it. You can't play it on PlayStation, the PlayStation 5. There's no way to do that, you know. Stuff yeah. stuff like that, like you need to be an inside baseball to even know what system's best for you. Yeah, and I, I just go back to it that all the poor grandmas and everyone this year, this holiday season, shuffling out, risking their lives basically at this point to get <laughs> little Timmy, you know, try to find an Xbox or a PlayStation and God help them if they get the all digital version for their kid. And lo and behold, they they don't want that one. Right. Like myself, I explicitly when I went to pre-order my five, I had even said if they only had the digital version, I was not going to pre-order it because I did not want it. Right. I, I'm just how I am. But I mean, there are some. Well, and it doesn't people... make sense because you've got so many physical games for PS4. Right, and that's and that's the thing is right. yeah because I have so much of that. But I mean, everybody's different. But again, like that's just another consideration that some people just may not think about. You know. You know, and on top of that, you know, just to compound it, I'm not even talking about the uh, the poor grandmothers because. We've talked about how that's not going to be that big of an issue in the future. I mean, I'm already almost 40, you know? Um, right. I think, I think a lot of our generation is becoming the, grandpa the grandparents, and we know our shit. But here's the thing. Even most of us don't know it this well. You know what I mean? Like, you right. and I and Phil Billy now know it because we cover gaming, you know? Um the real inside baseball people know it because they, they're in the, the gaming space. There are plenty of people out there who know gaming just fine and don't know it well enough to know what the fuck they're getting. Right. You know, <clears throat> they've made it so overcomplicated and they've just take it, taken it on fact that everybody knows what everything is. Um, it's, I don't know. It's a really terrible time to get into gaming. Just on a whole. Yeah, I agree. 
Hello? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Did you lose it? I just Yeah, no, I heard uh, terrible time to get into get and it just totally cut off and I was like, Ooh. "Oh no." Scary. Oh no, not again. Not yeah, no. Again. <laughs> we can't do this. We can't do uh the 40 minutes all over again. Ugh. Uh no, no. It's, I just said it was a really terrible time to get into gaming. I must have peaked or something. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I do you think we've covered it, or do you want to add anything I to this? I think we've covered it. I okay. mean, if anybody else has some other reasons why it sucks to be a gamer right now, go ahead and comment. I mean, there's a we lot of reasons it sucks to be to a gamer. Know. I think it's, there's even more reason that it sucks to try and get into gaming. I, oh, yeah. I think getting into gaming is the worst it's ever been, and that scares me because, like I said, this industry's trying to legitimize itself. It only makes it harder when you make the barrier to entry higher. Right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. So, uh, I don't know if you remember or not, uh, but a couple weeks ago, I got myself a hot turd in the mail for free. <laughs> um, yeah, I got myself a Google Stadia Premium Edition for free because uh, I have YouTube Music. And the only reason I have YouTube Music is because they just shut down Google Play Music for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, I got myself a free Google Stadia. <laughs> Woo. Um, I, I can't tell you before you continue how funny it is <laughs> that the two biggest distractors of Stadia that have ever existed on the planet, one of them owns a Stadia. <laughs> Look, I literally, I'm not exaggerating. I only got it because it came with a Chromecast Ultra. <laughs> it comes with a Chromecast Ultra, and that's like how it kind of functions. I just needed a new Chromecast. Is this talking point going to sub as our how do you get free Stadia? <laughs> you know what? No lie. I, I literally, like I was joking at first, but two weeks in a row we had how to get Stadia for free, <laughs> and I scoured. So, um, I unfortunately, I don't have any free Stadia giveaways this week, but there's always <laughs> next week. Um, but yeah, uh, so I attempted to use uh, Google Stadia. Well, with, and, uh, and, and I did ask, uh, just for everybody out there, since he had a Stadia, and that was the only way to play the demo of Phoenix Immortals Rising... Uh, which is a hyped game. I asked him to give it a try, if he could. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I wasn't even able to load Immortals. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I, I guess the only good thing that I can really say about this thing right off the top is this controller feels very nice. The buttons <laughs> are kind of clicky, but hey, it fits nice in the hand. Um, Have you been able I, to play any game on it whatsoever? One. One. What game? And it was it wasn't for lack of trying. Celeste. <laughs> that was it. So uh like this the like eight bit Celeste. Yes, eight bit Celeste, and it didn't even run good. So <laughs> let me tell you. Um the setup for this thing is somewhat complicated. It did not want to work uh on my on my computer at all. Um, so I went to the Stadia site on the computer. Um, it had me sign in to my Google, which I did. And uh, I had to, I did have to sign up for a free month trial of Google Stadia to be able to get this. I've since canceled it already. Um, <laughs> so I won't 
lose ten dollars on this whole fiasco. Um, so you log in and uh, it asks you if you want to connect a controller. You hit the Stadia button and that's how it tries to sync. So uh, it gives you a prompt on your computer to input this button combination so it can sync on the Wi-Fi with it. So that's how it connects through. It connects via the Wi-Fi to your computer through your router. So uh, I turned it on, put in the button prompt, didn't do it. Button prompt again, didn't do it. I tried multiple times, closed out, signed back in, wouldn't connect that way. So I do have a USB-C port on my laptop, and that's what this uh, thing runs off of. So I figured I'll go ahead and give that a shot. Plugged it in, and it registered the controller. So that was good. Uh, controller was registered with the computer. But any game that I clicked on that was available... It just the web page wouldn't load and wouldn't load any Good of the scrolling God. bars. Good now, God. I have to say, my computer, it is not an old computer. It is not a garbage computer. No, I've just uh, we just talked in the last segment. It is a computer that is not even a year old. Right. It is a very decent computer. Yeah. And all I use it's it not for the is highest of the high end, but it's a school. good computer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a gaming laptop. Mm -hmm. Um. Would not load the page at all. I attempted multiple games uh, to load it in. I I try. I mean, I I myself even tried Destiny. I was like, I will play Destiny two on this junk <laughs> if it will load. Please God help me. And it wouldn't. It would not. I couldn't scroll through the page to even click on it. So uh, the the computer way of playing was a complete and total wash. So was this with your Ethernet plugged into? Yes. That is insane. What kind it's, of speeds does this here's, thing need? Well here's, the, well, here's the thing, too. What I don't understand is, yes, this is with the Ethernet plugged in as well. But if you plug in the Ethernet, at least with mine, it doesn't give you the option to connect your controller wirelessly. Oh. Because it then kicks over to a wired connection. Oh, okay. So, uh yeah, I never so, connect my controllers wirelessly to my PC, so yeah, no, I, I don't either. Problems, it's but yeah, yeah, I don't. I just hook them up straight hardwired. But I figured, you know, I have it. I may as well attempt to use it as it was quote unquote intended. Right. Um. So I then uh, installed the app on my phone. I was like, well, you know, maybe it's just my network's being weird. Right. So uh, I. Connected on my phone. Again, it gave me the prompt to, to try to connect the, the controller. It would not connect. I'm on the Wi-Fi on my phone on the thing. It just would not go. Well, for just shits and gigs, because my phone has a USB-C port on it as well, I did a hard connection to it, and it read. So I'm like, okay, good. Maybe I'll be able to get something. Um, And on the Wi-Fi, it would not run anything again celeste was the only thing that i could get to run on the wi-fi and it was very jittery uh just constant like if you're watching youtube with a bad connection i couldn't even get loaded into the game after about five minutes you know it's worth noting that i had been having prob problems with my internet yes so yeah. uh before i continue go ahead and say what you're gonna say well if you're wired in though like that's why i asked if you were wired in because if you're wired in it shouldn't yeah. matter yeah no it's it's the late at that point the latency is for the service itself not from the controller to the phone right 
Right. So, um, and that's why I had said like my Wi-Fi was having issues. So I was like, all right, my Wi-Fi doesn't do anything. I'm going to try to do it on my 4G data connection. I have a 4G data connection with Sprint. Well, I guess now it's technically T-Mobile. So two entire networks together running on 4G connection. This has to work. Absolutely that should have worked, work. yeah. Uh, it worked better, but uh, when you play on your phone over a mobile data connection, it yells at you constantly. <laughs> it says, hey... This uses a lot of data, so be careful. Okay, that's fine. Well, just so you know, you know, this is about how much data gets used whenever you're playing the game. And I honestly, I didn't even pay attention to that one. I just like, I at this point, I just wanted to be done with the whole thing. Right. Um, I was like, okay, cool, fine, whatever. Celeste finally loaded in, and it ran smooth, but the input latency from the controller to the service itself made the game unplayable. It was a full second and a half. About Dude, on a platformer, delay. on a very on punishing a platformer. platformer. Yeah. Yes. At, at, at that point, I was, I, I didn't even attempt uh, Immortals. I, I That's fair. I That's couldn't fair. get anything to work for it at all. I do want to point out to our audience, uh, this has been like two or three weeks in the making too. Like when he got it, I asked him to do this. And like the first week he was like, I haven't been able to get it to work yet. <laughs> the second week he was like, I still haven't got to be able to work yet. <laughs> like this has been a lot of him fighting with it for this. What I think. <laughs> for what I, amounts to like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I, so I now have uh, just a controller, I guess. I mean, technically, I can still log into the Stadia service. I can still, if I want to buy a game, her, her, on Stadia, like, I can do that if I want. But what I think Stadia as a whole, especially after physically trying it, like, we have dumped on Stadia for about a year at this point. Yeah, and, and honestly, uh, me and Logan were dumping on it before you came onto the show. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's how long this is... This is like a pilgrimage into the unknown. Yeah, yeah this and show is is built on a foundation <laughs> of fuck you, Stadia. <laughs> what I can say definitively about Stadia now that I've tried it, it definitely has promise for somebody who wants to game casually or does not have the money to go out and buy the new consoles but still wants to play the best games. Okay. But this is only for people who have a fiber connection. You cannot play this on a standard connection. Okay. Even if you've got quote unquote good internet, you're still going to experience some sort of lag. You're going to experience any, some sort of latency at all. Google Stadia was rushed and it feels rushed. Now we know that it got pushed out the door to meet this generation mm -hmm. as best it could at least, but you can feel in how it functions how it looks uh i mean like it's the controller build quality is okay i mean i don't hate the controller it's i don't like the symmetrical sticks but i mean that's yeah. just me personal thing never like symmetrical um, sticks yeah but uh like i i feel like stadia as a whole i do think it's gonna have a little bit more longevity than we give it credit for but i don't think this is just going to be another thing that's added to the google graveyard within the next four to five years okay well i would have to assume that this is going to go away pretty fast like i 
I'm kind of surprised it's lasted as long as it has, honestly. Truthfully, the same. I thought they would have canned this a while ago. Like, this is uh, shocking me that they're trying to keep it alive. But, uh, you know, Google Stadia, if you want to keep it alive, you need to stop charging people full price for games. Yeah, with with you owning nothing, like right. even a download, right? Even a download is something, right? And that that's that I think that's my biggest. That's always been my biggest issue with Stadia. Not even that they're trying to do this thing at, or the latency and stuff. I mean, this is very concerning, obviously. But like, yeah. this was never the reason I railed against them. The reason I railed against them is they make you pay the same if you get to own it. And you never get to own it. And if they shut it down, you don't get any rights to it. You know. Yep. Nothing uh, at all. <clears throat> and that and and you have to pay a monthly fee for them. Like, what is that monthly fee? You know. Yeah, the selection of games for that ten dollars a month is not really the greatest. I mean, right. they have one original. I am upset that I didn't get a chance to try that because that's the only console you know original exclusive yeah. it console exclusive i don't know why I, I struggled with that phrase uh console exclusive that they had but i mean you can't even get something like celeste the entire game download is like three to five hundred meg i think right something along those lines yeah. like you can't even get that to stream I mean, again, like I like I said, like my Internet, I had had issues with my Internet lately, but I don't think that the issues that I had are just relegated to just bad Internet. Right. Right. All right. Well, Stadia sucks, everybody. Now we know it for 100 percent. I will say one nice thing that come out of this is we finally know we're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like, fair. Definitively, Stadia is not good and we know it now. Um, all right. Uh, was there anything else you want to add to that or do you want to move to odds and ends? Yeah. Uh, just another stadia sucks. That's all. (laughs) Just one more for the road. Just one more for the road. (laughs) Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So that brings us to odds and ends. This is where we like to collect, uh, smaller topics that don't necessarily deserve an entire talking point and just, uh, to, you know, read them off to you guys. And we actually, uh, we did a little note comparing before the show today, and one of them is unified. We have the same one. So I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, so PS5s uh, in the United Kingdom have gone missing. Uh, this is a super weird story because they've, it's been everything to nobody tries to deliver it and they just say it's lost to uh, somebody gets a package and it turns out to be an air fryer, a bag of kitty kitty litter. Uh, the weirdest one I saw was like 10 cans of dog food, wet dog food, um, and not the PS5. Uh, so this, is, uh, this has been going on uh, for a little bit now, and there was an investigative report on it. Uh, if you don't mind me keeping going there, Neil. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so basically, this guy went into it. I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're in the odds and ends. But uh, basically, he researched everything he could about where this could have happened um, and where this switch could have possibly happened. Because, you know, a, a lot of these people recorded videos of it to post on social media, like of the unboxing. And somebody pointed out that Amazon doesn't use clear packing tape. And a lot of these people who had had this problem were opening 
boxes that were sealed with clear packing tape. So somewhere along the line, a switch occurred. Um, he researched, he did a really good job. It's the story's on IGN. I do not remember the reporter's name. I urge you to seek it out. Um, but he, you know, he called Amazon. They made him give the air fryer back. Um, well, I'll get into that part in a second, but he researched it. The Amazon warehouse, it's literally, he talked to a person who works at Amazon, uh, not in the capacity of the company, but anonymously a friend who works for a, uh, a warehouse. And he's like, this it's physically impossible to get something that large out of the warehouse with the security precautions that they put in place. Um, he talked to an Amazon delivery driver off the record. Uh, and that guy was like, we're tracked from moment one to moment B. Um, if you're using an independent delivery driver, then if that independent delivery driver ever reported it lost, uh, they would just never get a contract again. So it just doesn't behoove them for a $500, even a $1,000 payday to do that. Uh, the ones for Amazon get full audited. So like no one can figure out where this switch is taking place. But I guess like it's crazy. It's like something like 60% of the people who pre-ordered the PlayStation 5 in the UK did not get their PlayStation 5. Either it just wasn't delivered and declared lost or they got some box of something that wasn't there. In addition so, to this, sorry to keep uh, going. No, keep going. Keep but going. in addition to this, the Amazon's response to this has been absolutely actionable like anybody in the uk right now i don't know exactly what the united kingdom's laws are but you have a class action lawsuit on your hands because these people have swept it under the rug they haven't responded to them they have forced uh forced refunds on people like not even asked them if they want a refund just gave them a refund and said they're never getting a playstation 5 it's not guaranteed or anything they have not given refunds to other people they've given between $5 and $150 credit to certain people on Amazon. Uh, none of the Amazon people are telling anybody what's going on with it. Uh, so their response to this has been nightmarish. Sorry. So I have two theories. Um, so the first theory that I have is somebody gets a job with Amazon as like, you know, like a contract delivery or whatever with the sole intent of just of taking this. the PlayStation 5 and, and running. Because I unfortunately worked uh, for some crappy uh, companies before. And at one of them, at one of the locations, we had people who would literally come in and tell us outright that they're only here to make a couple extra bucks to buy like a video game or right. something that they would come in for their training shifts, get that money and then just not again. Um, so that is one theory that I have in it. The other one is more of like an oceans 11 sort where it's actually a very like the delivery driver somehow has something set up to where they when they go to make a stop at a different house have that box primed and ready to go that has the playstation and pass it off to somebody they take the playstation out make make the switch at the next drop at the next address right and pass it back over the um the biggest but, problem with that is the tracking on the trucks the the guy actually asked about that and the 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 truck driver was like Amazon can see every place you stopped. They can literally, 
like their GPS is that good that they can see any time your truck wasn't moving and you have to log it. If for any reason your truck stops, say to make this switch a couple of houses before you do, uh, they would be able to catch you basically. Well, no, what I'm saying is like, because Amazon gives you that your, your whatever is 10 stops away. Right. So that means the delivery driver has to know the next 10 addresses. Right. So they can at address 10 before they get to address number one, stop there, tell their buddy, say, Hey, this is a PlayStation when they were going to deliver whatever is going to house 10. So like making the normal delivery well, that's but possible. In the process of making the normal delivery pass that off too and say, Hey, I'm going to wind up at this other house here, make the switch. That's possible. Because I have to deliver something there and pass it back over. That's a good theory. That's not a outside bad theory, of, honestly. Outside of that, that's the only way that I can think of that it can work. Because again, Amazon, like you said, Amazon knows everything everything that the 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 warehouse worker he interviewed he's like he's like with the way they do things they caught somebody walking out of there with a micro sd card like that's how tight they are they have cctv in the warehouse they have cctv in the packing plant you have to go through like three metal detectors to get in and out and even if somehow you were able to make it through that there are every 10 people like like one out of every 10 people is spot checked randomly so like, yeah. good God, like there's, there's no way you're getting out of the warehouse, but yeah, I think it's a really interesting story. I hope we hear more about it. Cause I really want to know, like it was a long article. I actually got sucked in and read the whole thing just cause I really want to know what happened to it, you know? Yeah. Um, and these poor people like PlayStation fives are complete. Like none of them are like these people were first generation PS five, uh, pre-order people. And they're not going to get it for, like, the rest of the year, probably into the next, you know? Yeah. They're not even sure that they're, the next batch is guaranteed. So it's kind of messed up. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to do your first one? That's yeah. not Yeah, I'm going uh, to go ahead and jump on the first one here. Um, so this one's weird. Um, so Magician Yuri Geller has been in a 20-year legal flight legal fight with Nintendo and Game Freak over uh Kadabra, uh one of the Pokemon yeah. in, you know, uh in uh, the game and they were not allowed to print the Kadabra trading card because he claims that it used his likeness. Yeah, I remember in this. That the Japanese name is Yun Geller. <laughs> and he's holds spoons and Yuri Geller's big thing is melting spoons with his mind. So I can oh. see why he might be upset. <laughs> However, he recently dropped suit against Nintendo, allowing the card to be printed again. Do you think so, they finally just paid him off? Like, I think that I no, think he accepted. He put, uh, out, he put out a statement and it was very much like, oh, I was kind of being a dick. Um, I understand what this stuff means to people now and don't worry about it. Everything's cool. Even though he's the one that brought the suit in the first place. I got 10 to one Nintendo gave him something. If, if at least just to pay his legal fees, because a 20 year lawsuit would cost uh, obscene amounts of money. Yeah. So like Nintendo must've been like, look, dude, we want this to be over. 
We'll pay all your legal fees. We'll buy a house. Just go the fuck away, you know? Right. Uh, so what do you got next? Oh, what do I got next? Well, I got a really interesting one, too. Speaking of how weird it is to be in gaming and how terrible gaming can be right now, SNK is about to be in some serious trouble. Uh, anybody who's an old-school gamer knows SNK. Uh, I, I like to refer to them as Sync. Uh, a lot of my friends used to call it that, but they make fighting games such as King of Fighters. They made uh, Fatal Fury series. Um, there's also a lot of other things SNK has done over the years. Um, pretty big uh, uh, developer. The, Sa- the Prince of Saudi Arabia, uh, I believe... Man, I... I think his name is Mohammed Mohammed bin Salam uh, is trying to acquire SNK. Um, this guy, look him up. He's a rough customer. He is 100% proven to be in connection with assassination squads. He's sent into Canada and the U.S. He uh, has funded very terrible people. And I'm not talking about like conspiracy, weapons of mass destruction stuff. I mean... This dude's a proven bad dude, basically. Um, what he will do, though, is you know he sets up what's called a charity company. His in America is M I S K. They're not actually for charity. They're just a company that calls themselves a charity, and they use the money to purchase things for the Saudi Prince of Arabia legally. Does that make sense? Yeah, like he can't purchase things here, but he can he can fund this charity by calling it a charity, and then the charity can purchase things for him, like almost like a proxy for him. Right. That charity just acquired thirty three percent of SNK and have already said that they are attempting to negotiate to gain up to fifty one percent of SNK, which will put the Saudi prince. Uh, in charge of SNK, effectively. Why? My big question in all this is why he wants it. Um, I don't know. I look. I can't speculate. I mean, obviously, there's tons of Saudi Arabian prince stereotypes in media, uh, where they own like a thousand cars and shit like that. So I can't speculate to that uh, on this guy. But I feel like like. I'm also a professional wrestling fan. Uh, WWE has been in hot water for many years because they're in partnership with this dude. Um, they actually have events in Saudi Arabia, and when they do those events, they almost use those events as like propaganda films for it. It's very, very weird and controversial. Um, and what's even crazier is like they don't let women perform there. Like, so it's it's like real rough stuff. You know, yeah, um, and I, I think it's all just part of that, just the propaganda machine. He's trying to kind of use our media against us, uh, not necessarily against us, but to make himself less of a target of things. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. if I had to guess, it would be he's going to use SNK and all of a sudden there's going to be a lot of Saudi Arabia friendly material in SNK games. And I don't necessarily think that's good. I mean, I'm all for inclusion. Uh, right, but when a but... very, very bad man is using it to be to 
make people okay with him being bad, I'm not so good with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know enough about this guy or <laughs> the entire situation to speculate one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I it's it's I, very weird. It's a weird move right. just even on the surface. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's the same as the WWE thing. I think uh, the more media he can get into here, uh the less he makes himself a target for uh, other people and I'm not I'm not speaking uneducated on this. This isn't just like the ranting. I, I my tinfoil hat is across the room uh resting quietly by itself. This isn't a conspiracy or anything. You can look this guy up. He is not a nice dude. Uh and he does not run his country in a nice way regardless of what WWE wants you to know. In fact, WWE has had problems with them because they went there and somebody said something wrong on the show and they actually grounded all the planes with all the wrestlers on it. Couldn't get any of the wrestlers back home to actually perform for the next two shows. They were all basically held prince, uh, a prisoner in Saudi Arabia. You can look that up too. That really happened. So him being involved in video games is bad, period. Regardless of his reasoning behind it. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, okay, um, so you go ahead with another one. Hopefully it's happier. Um. Well, uh, not necessarily, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's just really weird, and I, I don't know. So, the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War uh, Zombies mode launched without split-screen multiplayer, and it was a first in the series, and uh, it actually got hit on IGN's review because of it. However, good for them. It's it's apparently a bug and not a design choice. Really? And they are trying their hardest to get it fixed. Um, I That's weird. I feel like that's something that I don't know might have been ironed out right out of the gate. That's, that's a huge, huge thing, especially given the fact that they didn't know it was a thing going into the review process. So that IGN actually hit them on it in their review... And then afterwards, it's like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that's actually a bug or whatever. You know, and uh, uh, can confirm because we uh, borrowed a copy of Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Cold War specifically for zombies and you cannot play it. All right. You know what? Let me run across the room real quick. Grab my tinfoil hat. Um, oh, oh, put that okay. sucker back on. Come back over here and do what I do best, which is say crazy conspiracy theories. Uh, I don't think it was a bug at all. I think the fuckers left it out. And then when they got dinged on it, they never said one way or the other before. So they were like, eh, no, that's just a bug. We're going to fix it. And they're just going to add it to the game. That's what I think. Uh, I don't think it was a bug at all. I think they're just trying to, uh, they're, they're taking a different approach to uh, damage control. Yeah, I'm, I I don't know as if I agree with the the whole conspiracy end of it, but... I also will say that if it did come out that it wasn't a bug and it was specifically a choice for the review and they're going to fix it later, this is Activision. Right. We shouldn't be surprised with this stuff. <laughs> so I don't, while I don't believe this instance is a bug, I do think 
that it very well could be or could be something like that they were trying out. I mean, right. they've shoehorned in microtransactions after the fact in a lot of games after reviews come right. out. Why right. not throw the multiplayer in there? Maybe the split screen multiplayer didn't work the way that they wanted it to and just been like, oh, yeah, uh, we're still finishing that whatever left it out and they figure it would be better for them to take the hit for it, quote, not being there in the review rather than it being bad. Right. Right. Um, uh, okay. Uh, should I do my next one? Yeah, go ahead. I only got one more after that. Uh, this one's real quick. Uh, this is more of a PSA to anybody who is playing Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, they have recently announced that their uh, multiplayer suite that was supposed to go online uh, in December this month uh, will actually be pushed back to 2021 for either January, uh, late January, or early February. The reasoning behind this is they were like, "We've got some, we've got some bugs in this game. People have reported. Uh, we want to put everybody who was finishing up the multiplayer on fixing the bugs for the patching. Uh, so once that patch is finished, then we will go back to the multiplayer and finish it up for everybody. So slight delay there. They're pushing back the multiplayer a little bit. Um, personally." I don't think they needed to do this. Uh, as far as buggy games, this one is not that bad. I have not noticed any game-breaking bugs whatsoever, uh, with the exception of one slight tweaking issue during the bare-knuckle fighting. Uh, that was the only time I actually have to reset it. And then uh, some like silly little aesthetic stuff that was really easy to figure out what was going on. Uh, that needed fixed. So I didn't actually think the bugs were that bad to put off the multiplayer review, but you know, uh, it's fine. I just want to let everybody know that if you were expecting that, it's not going to be around till January or February. Um, all right. And I have my last one here and, uh, Zach, you're going to like this one. Oh no. They're going to really like this one. Oh, no, you I'm said so I wasn't going to spiral this one. There is a rumor floating around that to be unveiled at the Game Awards, Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro are actually going to be making Silent Hills, and it's going to be a PS5 exclusive. Okay. I, I... Kojima did say that he was working on he, his next project a while ago, so... It could be. They might have taken what they had already built and then gone ahead and just uh, expounded upon that whenever they announced it with PT to begin with. Now, I want to know, though, what has happened with Kojima and Konami that has made this happen? <laughs> um, um, I, you yeah. know, I don't know. I, you know, I, I'll give you what that news is worth. I just have to go into the bathroom and take two craps in my hand. Like, I'd, yeah. I could give I a mean, shit less about this guy. He's super egotistical. I think he's one of the worst things for gaming right now. I, I, Dude's annoying, and I want him to go away. But if he's going to make a series of games that I don't care about, no offense to Silent Hill fans, you guys like it, that's fine. I'm not insulting the series. I'm just saying it's not for me. So this isn't going to, like... It's not going to push me one way or the other. The only thing that's going to annoy me is it's going to come out, it's going to score a 5.5, and Jeff Keighley's going to nominate it for Game of the Year. Yeah. That's what's going <laughs> to piss me off about it. But other than that, I, I could care less what these guys do. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I think uh, I think that this is more so just the rumor mill churning. Yeah. I don't think that this is actually going to happen. Especially he said given... that he didn't even want to make games anymore. He wanted to like make movies or whatever. Well, I mean, it very well could be Silent Hill has that way about it to where, yes, it is a game and you are doing gamey things, but right. it does play out more so like a movie. Right. So maybe that could be the first step. But honestly, the biggest thing out of this that is red flags to where it might not, it's probably not real, is kojima would have to be working with konami yeah, and after other. everything that happened with them before i there i don't see it happening now i mean unless being... playstation stepped in mediated got the rights from silent hill like that could have happened true i mean lord knows that konami isn't doing anything with right. any of their properties that anybody wants anyway so they right. may as well sell off all the licenses Right. And just make their pachinko machines like they want to. And they could have they could have just said they could have gotten a sweet licensing deal out of it. Like right. like Kojima might not even be involved. Like PlayStation might have gone to him and been like, If you want to do a Silent Hill game, we're gonna try and make this happen and he said, Hey, make it happen so I don't have to talk to them and then they went to them and were like, Here's a licensing deal for it. Can you let us let Kojima work on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Depends on ah. how much Sony wants it to happen. Well, I think that that would be massive it, as an exclusive. I mean, that thing, even PT, there are PS4s that have PT installed oh, yeah. selling for yeah. stupid amounts. Just PT, right? let alone anything else. So I think if they were to, if that was real and Sony did get that, that would be immense. It would be. I, I'm not going to argue that at all. I think it would be, it would be a big win for them, regardless of my thoughts on the people involved in it. It would be a big win. Yeah. All right. I, I think we've wrapped up odds and ends. I do believe. All right. So you ready for the horrible arena? Yes. All right. Horrible gaming podcast. That brings us to the main event. The moment you've all been waiting for the horrible arena. What is the horrible arena? If you have never listened before, well, first of all, listen more seriously. We need the listens. Uh, if you, and if you haven't, what it is, is the two co-hosts will pitch you a game. They will pitch you this game, the title of the game. They will pitch you the developer of the game and what the game is. They will pitch it based on pre-existing criteria that we take turns picking unless we have a guest, at which point they get to pick. Then you guys get to decide which one you would spend your hard-earned money on. Now, the quantum coin has been tossed. That means... Neil, you've won, and you get to go first. Now, our pre-existing criteria from last week is a dead game. Specifically, the rules you laid out are this game cannot have a game announced for it, and it cannot have a game within the last five years made. So a dead franchise, period. And we have to pitch a new entry into it. So, Neil, take it away. All right. I'm very excited about this one. My project is beautiful joe three <laughs> the developer is going to be clover studios um so my whole pitch is predicated under the assumption that people know what beautiful joe is there are some it was one of those like double a games as they're referred to now uh they wouldn't they wouldn't come out as a full price game they come out at like 35 but for those who do not know, the Beautiful Joe series follows the protagonist, Joe, 
on his adventures through movie land. Uh, the first place, uh, the first uh, game took place in one single movie where Joe had to save his girlfriend, Sylvia. The second one followed Joe and Sylvia's journey through multiple movie genres to save the world from an invading army. Both games made fun of and used movie, movie tropes uh, as gameplay elements. Uh, the games were uh, 2.5D side-scrolling and used, uh, like, quote, editing features to change the gameplay, such as slow-mo, speed-up, zoom as well as re like a replay system to where you could record a series of moves and use that to play back as what your action was going to be like an attack um and it would consume uh, a gauge basically that you used to use your ability your abilities and it would recharge over time so with that laid down the actual pitch uh, the game takes place in present day, 16 years after the release of Beautiful <coughs> Joe 2. Joe, having not had any adventures in the last 16 years, lives a peaceful, normal life with his now wife, Sylvia. Everything is normal until one day Joe gets a call saying that his father has gone missing. And this also happens while he is streaming a movie on his TV. And Joe is sucked into it and transported to a corrupted version of movie land. Um, it is, uh, it's where, uh, bleh, the words, um, it is there where Joe is contacted by his father, Jet, and tells Joe that he has been captured by an evil entity only known as the algorithm. And it has twisted movie land into its current shell of its former self based off of what it thinks people want to see in movies. <laughs> yes. And sidebar, this is really the sort of stuff that this game deals with. <laughs> um, so upon returning to movie land, he regains the ability to use his V-Watch and change into Beautiful Joe once more as he fights his way through movie land to save his father. The game would feature the same gameplay elements as before, however, with two new abilities, Rewind and Buffer. Rewind would be a defensive ability that would allow you to use a portion of your V-Gauge to let you rewind back up to three seconds as long as you did not take damage before you attempted to rewind. So if you see you're going to get hit by something, you hit rewind, and that would at least give you a chance to try to get out of the way. And then Buffer would let you freeze enemies in place for five seconds and let you attack them as much as possible as you can in that five seconds, dealing all the damage all at once once they unfreeze. Uh, the game would also feature a multiplayer mode that is akin to the Red Hot Rumble game uh, that came out in the series, which is would be more scaled down to be more like a traditional Smash Brothers game. Uh, the Red Hot Rumble game, uh, just for the purposes of this, was basically like a modified Smash Brothers using Beautiful Joe characters. Um, this would strictly be like the characters that are in Beautiful Joe 3, this hypothetical Beautiful Joe 3, to be able to be selected. And they would fight on different movie sets that would take place throughout the course of this game as different stages. And all would have props that you can use to, uh, like, items to attack with. And the abilities would be more like consumables to kind of balance out the fighting uh, in this game. So, or at least in that multiplayer mode. So that is my game, Beautiful Joe 3. If you have not played Beautiful Joe, 
is great. It's one of those niche games. I hope there's somebody out there on this who has played <laughs> at least the first game so I don't sound like a crazy person. And it's <laughs> just, yeah. I, uh, uh, I have never played Beautiful Joe, but I am very aware of it. So yes. I, I got your pitch. It's a good pitch. I, I also like that you could do a lot of internet-based tropes in the third one. Right, well. and that was my thing because like movies changed – Right. so much from what they were right. then to now like the streaming how yeah. we do things now you can make a lot of really good jokes especially with an algorithm being the bad guy like you yes. can really do a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff with that uh good pitch man good pitch Thank i'm you. up against the wall on this one okay so my pitch <clears throat> okay so i really had a hard time with this i was just telling neil off the air uh dead franchise is really tough for me because most of the franchises that i truly love that i truly want to play are either still active or have something in the pipeline uh in some way shape or form so i really had to rack my brain for what i wanted to do with this one so uh but i think i got a winner so let's see my developer will be ubisoft all right so what will this game be well you play a character. You can there's character creation. It's going to be a third person mostly game. You can create your character system, male or female, but either way, you will be known as player. Uh, that is your internet handle because you're kind of like a justice for all hacker sort of person. Now, uh, as a hacker sort of person, you have found somebody uh, on the internet uh, who is just 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 the best thief the world has ever seen. Uh, and this person takes high quality art, high quality, uh, just just nasty stuff. Uh, but she has been in prison for a very long time. She has finally negotiated parole, and you personally know she's about to go on another crime spree. Who is this person? Well, that person is Carmen San Diego. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's here's my game. First of all, anybody who played Carmen San Diego back in the day. Uh, you're a kid when you played it, and you loved it. I know you did, but it was an educational game based on learning facts and then uh, catching Carmen Sandiego criminals, uh, and it was mostly a point-and-click sort of educational game. Really well done, but it was. Uh, however, I truly feel art should grow up with the people that it grows up with, but this can also be a bridge, a bridge from your preteen, early teen child to the adults who played the original so how do we do this well ubisoft gets it because ubisoft has the widest range of assets for notable locations okay every assassin's creed game they've ever made uh the watchdogs games all of these locations that they've collected into their asset banks they could be used in this but in smaller more uh finite areas how would this game take place player would have to use clues to try and figure out from three different locations where Carmen Sandiego is going to strike, okay? Uh, what she's going to try and take. That would be the educational part. You would have to learn the geography and the locations and what's valuable, what's hard to steal there. Then you have to make that assumption as to what she's going to go after. If you got it right, that begins step two. Step two is even more fun because you're not a cop. You're on the outside, how do you take down Carmen Sandiego? How do you take down a thief? You steal what she's trying to steal first. So the second part of each level, I guess you'd call it, each section of the game would be there would be a procedurally generated amount of uh, characters like uh, uh, 
specialized people like hackers, safe crackers, you know, even martial artists, stuff like that generated. You and an AI version of Carmen Sandiego take turns trying to recruit these people. Once you recruit them, you get to plan the heist. Each section of the game would take place over four days. The first day, figuring out where she's going to strike. The second day, planning. And then after that, the next two days, you get to decide, you, like, not where in the next two days you're going to strike. Are you going to go in during the day to try and get the thing? Are you going to go in loud? Not kill anybody. Obviously, you don't want that. But are you going to go in loud? Are you going to go in quiet? Are you going to try and be a cat burglar about it? How are you going to get it? Carmen Sandiego, the AI, does the same thing. Who gets to steal it first? Does, do they fail? Do you fail? Stuff like that. What's really fun with this is you can add a multiplayer element. So let's say your friend is also a player. Well, they're now player two. They get to jump into the same thing, the same procedurally generated amount of, of characters, which we've already seen Ubisoft is really good at doing that with Watch Dogs Legion. Uh, and they also get to pick. So now three people get, what, like three day, two days to figure out when they're going to go in. And whoever can steal it or not steal it or how well they do, it depends on who wins the actual heist. And that's how you actually beat them. You actually have to out-thief Carmen Sandiego instead of just catching her. Uh, what's even more interesting is should you decide to go in the same amount of time, you could actually run into each other during the heist and have to make different complications. Uh, the gameplay itself during the heist would be you switching back and forth between each member of your team uh, while they do specific parts of the quest to actually figure out how to capture the thing. Um, or the, the item, to actually steal the item, which is how you could actually run into other people during it, and then it gets really interesting. Like, who can steal it? Every mission is a who can steal the thing first. So you have this really interesting multiplayer element. You still have the educational part because you're learning facts about the art. You're learning facts about the place. You're getting to actually tour the place to find clues. Uh, and then you also get some really fun third-person spy action stuff, which Ubisoft has done so well with Watch Dogs Legion. So, my game, where, uh, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego coming back under the Ubisoft? It is up against Beautiful Joe 3. Guys, gals, you get to choose. Which would you spend your hard-earned money on if you had the money to spend? Uh, and we're going to name all the places in just a second. But before that... I actually remembered. <laughs> I get to choose, if I recall correctly, what happens next. Yes. Uh, this is tough. This is tough because I don't, uh, even though I remembered that I get to choose, I don't necessarily have one locked and loaded. So, what am I going to do? I think I'm just going to go straight action game. Just, be, just have fun with it. Action game. Okay. Sound good? Nice and easy? Yeah. Nice and easy one? All right, guys. Uh, yeah. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right. So that brings us to the end of the show and the same shameless self-promotion that brings. Neil, you got anything special you want to plug this week? Uh, You know, uh, you guys have been watching Halo Infinite. Oh, Road. man. Have That's they cool. ever. I, like, I, no exaggeration. This is not going to sound like 
this is going to sound bad, but I literally did not care what the view count was <laughs> on this series. I just literally, you and I were talking about like, Hey, we should do a thing. And I'm like, okay, so like, I want to do something that I'm going to be like all the way into, especially after not going to lie. Minecraft dungeons. I did not like that game. <laughs> I know you didn't. I know I you didn't a lot of that in. So I'm like, you know, I really, I really want something like I love the streets of retro and I wanted to have something that was like really good. And you know, halo infinite road, this, the first halo game, it's only going to get better from here. I cannot wait to get through these other games. I, um, I gotta so say our, that show, I, I, like, we've never been that good <laughs> on recording. Like, I listen back and I'm like, man, we are really funny in this. We've never been this funny together. Like, I don't know. That show is just, it's great. And, yeah, you guys are definitely watching it. That sucker is up to 60 views the last episode. We haven't had one go under 20. And uh, I do want to just add, thank you guys also for watching Godfall 330. That sucker is up about 17 closing in on 20 and me and phil billy love doing that one that's a lot of fun uh and then other than that the only thing else to plug guys keep on the lookout horrible game awards is coming soon uh i think in like three weeks i don't have a definitive date yet i won't until i finish uh getting all the like nominations and stuff in so um but yeah i'm really looking forward to that <laughs> Yes, very much so. I cannot wait to do that again. It was fun last year, and mm -hmm. I wasn't even a permanent member of it. <laughs> and now, seriously, uh, we have uh, we have a lot of work to do to the Quantum Stadium. Yes, yes, to get it get it ready. I'm very excited. I we we've definitely like regulated all of our uh, uh, categories. I think our categories are very forward thinking, and I, I think we're gonna we're gonna rock it. And, you know, just to let you guys know how much uh, thought we actually put into it this time around, I think it was, what, middle of September? Yeah. Whenever I came over and we, we actually had, like, an office meeting. Yes. And, like, yeah. hashed this all out. So And we're going to have another one tomorrow via phone to decide the final nominations because... And thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I, well, I'm glad I did now. Yeah, we yes, got to do that tomorrow. Very much so. <laughs> well, I'll have the list ready. But yeah. basically, like, I don't think we're going to have – we need four in every category. So I think I think a couple of them we're going to have to cut some and a couple of them we're going to have to add some, basically. Yeah. But uh, thank you to everybody participating in that. We have a little award committee that we've picked out of our uh, our biggest fans and contributors. So um, So thank you to everybody helping us with that. We really appreciate it. Um, other than that, guys, you can check out everything we have to offer here uh, on Old Man Gaming on the channel. You can also talk to us on Facebook at Old Man Gaming DH, on Twitter at Old Man Gaming 9. You can, of course, join our Discord. The link will be in the description below. And you can influence this and all of our shows from there. And we just like to talk to you uh, and, uh, yeah, get your ideas about gaming. Other than that, click like, click subscribe. Turn the bell on should you want more of us and uh, tell your friends and family if you think uh, they would like it. And as long as anybody is watching and listening to this, we'll keep making it. We'll see you guys next week. You know, when you <laughs> when you were like, how you stop a thief, you got to steal it first. The only thing I could think of is I'm going to steal the declaration. <laughs>
Like that's it. That's it. That that's it. You you play Nicholas another another game. This time now game. Another movie. Uh, Nicholas Cage plays Nicholas Cage in Carmen San Diego. Oh no. Oh no. I <laughs> I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. I I don't think there's ever been a game off National Treasure. Like I hate to no, I probably so, eat my words, no, but I think there was one on GameCube. Was there? Hold on. I'll I don't know. Right that now. can't be good. That's for sure. I would not have picked that. That's for sure. Honestly, uh, I had a really hard time, man, coming up with that. And then, like, Carmen San Diego just jumped into my head. And then I was like, how would you do that in 2020 as a AAA game? You know? Hold on. I don't think there's a National Treasure game. No. Oh, my God. No, there is. What? What's it for? Oh, I'm trying to... It looks like it's on Game Boy Advance? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Please tell me it's, it's not a platformer. It's on Advance. Please oh, tell me it's not a platformer. On. Oh, man. I, 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 it's, I'm not... It's a platforming exploration game. Oh, no. No, <laughs> guys. GameSpot reviewed it. October 26, 2004. What'd it get? Oh crap! Let me see. Uh, oh, got four. <laughs> <laughs> the good Benjamin Franklin Gates <laughs> treasure map on Constitution. The bad, way too short. Apparently, no sound. It says no sound, comma really. Wow, uh, that's terrible. and boring. And they're charging money for this. I don't know what 